This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Radio Hawke's Bay on 104.7 FM, 1431 AM. We're streaming across the globe at www.radiohawksbay.org.nz. This is a program called Instant Zone, Peak Performance Every Day. And it's my pleasure to have on the phone the host with the most, Edmund Otis. How was that? That was sort of like a quite a good DJ entry, wasn't it? The host with the most. God, I love that. Makes me, makes me want to pick up my guitar if I had one. Hey, Ken, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thanks a lot. That's great. Now, today we've got a very apt topic, and uh, considering what we've just come through or getting through, and it is the topic is getting through. And I wonder, explain to us what you might mean by that title. What is getting through? Uh, you know, I mean, again, you know, we're, we're in hot today. I know people listen from out the area. But the, the situation that's happened, you know, is so overwhelming for so many people. And, you know, for those of us, I, you know, I want to state right off, I've been so lucky. You know, our, our place is fine. Our friends are fine. But we have, I have good friends who've lost a considerable amount. And basically getting, getting through is kind of like, and I, I did want to talk about kind of what happens when you find yourself in a crisis. Yeah whether that's individual or as a family or as a business or right now as a community. And getting through often means what crisis indicates is you're in a situation that's dangerous, but more importantly, and potentially harmful, but more importantly, you don't feel that you have the resources to deal with it. Or you don't actually have all the resources you need. And basically getting through when I think about it is building a bridge from where you are to where you're a bit more stable. What's it uh, normal to be feeling at the moment? Well, it, it depends where you are in the situation. I've, I've spoken to a lot of people who haven't had a lot of damage. They're feeling guilt. They don't know how to yeah. help. Um, I know a lot of people who've had a tremendous amount of damage. Some of them, you know, have just buckled down, and they're, they're almost what I'm going to encourage people to do is what these people are doing. They've said to themselves, okay, this is where we are. I would give anything if this wasn't my situation. Yep. I would give anything if things are different, but they're not. This is what I need to do first. Yep. Um, people who have a harder time become overwhelmed with the whole thing. I, I think of it visually as someone just holding, holding their head and saying, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, which is normal. But people having a hard time are having a hard time getting out of that, yep. which is, again, totally understandable, totally normal. So part of that is, you know, reaching out for some help, looking at what's there, looking at what other people are doing. But the, the people who seem to be doing better are able not only to identify, you know, big goals, but yeah. are able to identify the stepping stone goals they need in order to get to those big goals. What's going to happen inside people's head, Edmund? Uh, at the moment, what's happening, of course, is you know everyone's sort of mucking in, pardon the pun, uh, you know, digging out people, trying to clean houses out, trying to get stuff off sections. And I think you know everyone is flat out thinking about what's right in front of them. What's going to happen to those people in three or four weeks' time when they're actually looking back and surveying the disaster that was once their home? You know, it varies. It depends. There's no one size fits all. Some people are going to be more depressed and they'll need to reach out for some help. Uh, some people are going to be able to look back and say to themselves, well, you know, we're on our way. We've done a good job. Some people are going to be able to find satisfaction, whatever small gains they've made, even if those small gains mean, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's here in one place. So we put food on the table. 
you know, or put food. We didn't even have a table. Yeah. Uh, there's no, there's no one size fits all. And that's, you know, based on personality, uh, that's based on resources. But we have to recognize that some people are going to be very, very traumatized yeah. who haven't actually lost a tremendous amount from the outside. But they feel very, very vulnerable. And that is just as valid as anybody else. Yeah. And then we're, we're talking to some people who've really had, had devastating situations. And you talk to them and you go, yeah, I'm fine. This is, I just know what I need to do. Yeah. I, I need to focus on this. I need to first step forward. Um, I, I often talk about there's this guy and listeners have heard this. There's a guy named Abram Maslow who talks about a hierarchy of needs. And normally what he's famous for is he talks about how people can be what they call self-actualized at their best. Um, but I'm never that interested in that. What I think Maslow does as well when he talks about hierarchy of needs is he talks about a hierarchy of what we need and what's natural for us to pay attention to. Right, so the first thing is just survival. Am I gonna make it through the day? Uh, now, normally when I say this, it sounds overly dramatic, but just in the last three weeks, a considerable percentage of our population asked themselves, am I gonna make it through the day? Yeah. I wonder if you could maybe go into it slightly more in depth about survivor's guilt, because you know, immediately after um, the disaster, because of the industry that we are in, I was able to come to work. Um, yeah. And I was sitting at work and I was editing um, a program. And I've almost felt it ever since that day. I think, what am I doing here in this nice, warm, air-conditioned office, uh, doing something rather um, banal, for want of a better word, when people are out there, you know, up to their waist in mud. I mean, and yes. I just cannot get that out of my head at the moment. When is that going to pass for me? It may be a while. I mean, I think but what we recognize is what you're doing is the norm, okay, that we want, that other people want to be able to get back to. You know, um, again, I don't know when it'll pass. I mean, there's this recognition. I mean, I've been almost, you know, partially glib, but not really. You know, I mean, you look what happened in Turkey. You know, there's there's examples of this all the time. It's just that it's we've been so fortunate. New Zealand is, is safe. People seem to take care of each other and help each other. We have a good sense of community, you know, which is the reason, you know, one of the reasons my family and I moved here what, 15 years ago. Uh, but a lot of us right now are in a situation we never thought we'd been before. Yeah. You know, we've seen this before. You know, we've seen the uh, horrendous shootings. Years and years ago, we saw the earthquake in Christchurch. Um, people have been in this situation before. Um, but you're right. A lot of the response and a lot of, a lot of distress is people who haven't been as harshly damaged as other members of our community. And they're going, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. But we need to, you know, part of it is our society needs to go on. You know, schools need to open up. Shops need to go. People, you know, this sounds silly. But it, maybe not today's talk. But people yeah. need to be able to turn on yeah. the radio and listen to something that takes them away from the immediate distress that they're feeling. Absolutely. Right. I mean, that's that that's valuable because what we're trying for is we want to get back to where we were. Yeah. You know. So there are there are moments of time where it's you know it's good to just be entertained. Yeah. It's good to listen to somebody else. And that does sound easier said than done, I might suggest, but uh, I wonder. 
Well, that is that does seem to be my key. Everything I say is simple. Nothing, none of it is easy. I know that. That's right. I wonder what strategies might you recommend, Edmund, that we put in place. I mean, one of the things I came across was uh, you know get into some familiar routines. But what other strategies might you recommend? I I would recommend a couple of things. You know, we talk about as far as performance. There's kind of four aspects of how we function, right? There's what we think, and you've heard this over before, what we think, what we feel, what we do, okay, in our relationships with others. Sometimes when our emotions are out of control or we're overwhelmed, actions are important. So doing something that just gives us a little bit of pleasure, you know, listening to some music that we like, doing, for God's sake, if you can, of course, if you're digging out, you have enough exercise, doing some exercise trying to be with people you care about and just catching your breath. I mean, still, we live in a place when you look up right now at the sky, it's absolutely gorgeous. You know, for a lot of people, that gives them hope. It gives them some perspective. But doing something that allows you, the big, the big thing that's happening right now that's absolutely justified, and I, I often am worried that by talking about it, I make it seem like it isn't important. It's, it's the only thing that's important. Yes, indeed. The big thing that's going on for people who are having distress is what we talked about before. Either people okay, in the distress are angry and furious and overwhelmed with what's happened. They can't believe it. Okay, that means they're focused on the past. Yeah. Or they're overwhelmed with fear and anxiety justifiably what's going to happen. Yeah. That means they're focused on the future. Both those things give you anxiety and give you stress. From the outside, sorry, Karen. Let, let me just finish this one thought. If we can find something, even for small periods of time, where we're focused on what we're doing now, yeah, exactly, that helps us. I, it's just my uh, my 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 interpretation of what's been going on. But just about every news report I've seen, uh, generally is uh, adults talking to adults. And I was watching some uh, kids on the news uh, either last night or the night before, and that you know they they've been moved from their schools to community halls. Uh, that you know they they sort of been uh, going, gone from pillar to post. But do we perhaps forget about kids in disasters like this? I mean, what what about our kids? We think that kids are resilient now; they're going to get over it. Well, what should we be doing for our kids at this sort of time? Uh, okay. Here, here's the thing, and what, what kids learn from this kids it's okay. Kids learn from what we say, but basically, what they learn is that we're talking to them. That's important. Okay, our kids learn what to do in these situations, not by what they tell them, but what they see, right? Um, what we see, so, you know, in a different situation, you have little kids, we've talked about this before, you know, and maybe, you know, they're five, six, seven, and totally different situation, their grandmother passed away. Yep. Since that's never happened to them, they don't have to feel what they do is they look at their mom or they look at their dad and see what they do to pick up cues about how they're supposed to feel. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're scared, which is important, we pick up cues about not that you're not scared, but what am I supposed to do when I'm scared? Am I supposed to yell at people? Am I supposed to be mean? Or maybe I'm supposed to catch my breath and go, I'm scared, and that's normal. What can I do to help somebody else? So the cues we give them, the most important thing we do is what we show them through our actions. Yeah. Do we try to continue? Are we caring for each other? Okay, when we're nervous or when we're scared, do we admit it, but then say to ourselves, this is a terrible situation, but this is what I need to do now. Yeah. 
you know, and some people are overwhelmed. Okay, and if you're overwhelmed and you have children, it helps to tell the children, baby, I'm a little bit overwhelmed right now, but everything's going to be fine. Yeah. I think, I think the number one message to tell people, you know, especially tell our children, is everything's going to be fine. Yeah. It may not be the way it was before, and we may feel that we're lying, but that's the thing to do. Yeah. It's going to be hard. You know, it's going to be difficult. Of course we're scared. Of course we're frustrated. Of course we're cold, but it's going to be fine. How important, Edmund, is it to talk about it? I mean, uh, people, sorry, I mean, uh, it's, it's sort of like the Kiwi attitude, you know, uh, particularly it's a guy thing, harden up, just get on with it. But how important actually is it to think, to, to actually get out and talk to someone either who has been affected or who hasn't been affected, might be in the same boat as you exactly, but why do we need to do that? I think, I think, I think it's really important to share our experience. Um, everybody's different. You know, we don't need to rant and rave and all that. Some people... Okay, you know, the whole Kiwi stereotype. Obviously, I'm, I'm American and Italian. I talk all the time. But, you know, the stereotype, you know, how you do it. You know, someone looks at you and goes, yep, I'm okay. Things are terrible. Yep, we'll be fine. That's talking about it. That may be talking about it. That may be enough. Well, tell me how you really feel. Well, I really feel I need to change these tires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and go upstairs and try to save my, you know, save my something, you know. Yeah. Um, but allowing it to be open, allowing the, the number one thing we, we need to do is we become afraid of people's pain for them. Yeah. And what's more useful is acknowledging the fact that there is pain and that's normal and then saying, what do I need to do now? That seems to be my mantra. What do I need to do now? People who are able to ask themselves that, even in a terrible situation, You've fallen up off a boat and you're out there in the middle of the ocean swimming. Okay, if you panic, you go down. If you can say to yourself, what do I need to do, to do now? And maybe all that is, I just need to keep paddling until somebody comes back. Yeah. It, it, it's that question. And the reason I like that question is by asking that question, inherently you have optimism. Yeah. To ask that question, you tell yourself there's a future that's going to be better. Yeah. And I wonder if someone said to you, uh, put a timeline on that. I mean, you know, if you go to the doctor and you've got a headache and he says, well, look, yeah, go home and take these pills and I guarantee you're going to feel better in a couple of days. If someone come to you, came to you and said to you, hey, okay, uh, Edmund, talk me through this, when am I going to feel better? What would you say to them? I don't know. Different people respond in different ways. Uh, different people take different amounts of time. Um, I, I, I think, but again, for me, the thing is, you know, you feel bad. If you still feel bad, that's absolutely normal. What's the most important thing you can do now? You know, I always talk about this resilience and this bouncing back, but different things take different amounts of time. You know, if you've lost, you know, if your dog ran off and, you know, your car got wrecked, but everything is okay, you may be okay in a while. If you've lost everything, it may take longer. You know, if you stub your toe, you feel better in 30 seconds. Yeah. If you broke both your legs, it takes you a couple of years. Yeah. There is no timeline. There's, I, I, I discourage people from saying, oh, there's something wrong with me because I'm not better yet. Yeah. If you're feeling bad, you're feeling bad. That's okay. The I, question is, what do I need to do now? The, the second thing I encourage people, especially if you have kids um, or for ourselves, and sometimes it's more challenging. You know, and we've talked about this, but especially in a crisis situation, if you can spend some time asking yourself, what kind of person do I want to be in this situation? Literally, what kind of person do I want to be? Yeah. 
I was talking to someone a couple of days back about uh, who who does a suicide program on Radio Hawksbane, how to cope with the after effects of a suicide. And uh, he was saying that um, he'd been down to Christchurch uh, not that long ago. And uh, he he comes across people, and when they feel the slightest tremor of an earthquake, their mind goes immediately back to, you know, that awful uh, earthquake that devastated that community there. And I wonder what's going to happen in the future in Hawke's Bay in particular when we get a really heavy rain and we're thinking, oh, my God, here it comes again. What would you suggest to people? How do they cope with that? I, I would suggest talking about their feelings with somebody else. This scares me. Got to hate when it rains now. I used to like the rain, but I hate it. I'm worried. Um, I think what we'll see um, is as we go on, you know, if we, we get through a couple storms in a couple of years, we'll start to feel less if it doesn't happen again. Um, but that's the kind of thing it's okay to say to yourself, man, I really hate this. I didn't used to feel this. I'm, I'm worried now. This, this makes me worried. What should I do now? Um, the, you, you, it doesn't work to repress your emotion. No. What works, but however, it doesn't work to ignore them either. What seems to work and most useful is accepting them. You know, everybody listening, you know, we we do this, and I I think we talked about this two shows ago. We do this all the time when we have toddlers, right? If you have a little 12-month-old, 14-month-old, 18-month-old, and they're playing outside, and they hit their head, or they fall down, they hurt themselves, and they start crying, we tell them two things. We tell them, oh, big owie, which means we tell them, yes, that hurts. Yes. Then we tell them it's going to be okay. We don't tell them, oh, that doesn't hurt. If we do tell them that, you've got to change that, seriously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, but we tell them those two things. Oh, big owie, you're going to be okay. Let me give it a kiss. Big, we acknowledge the fact that it hurts. We also acknowledge the fact that it isn't going to hurt as much later. Yeah, quite right. Both, both those things are important. Yeah. Okay, look, we're just about out of time. I just want to, uh, just one last thought from it yourself. So uh, anyone listening to this program and looking for just one piece of advice from you to get through, what, what, what would that be, Edmund? That would be, think about somebody you really love and you care about and you want to help and you, you have good feelings for them, you just want to have the best for them. If they make mistakes, okay, you encourage them, you accept that. Think about that person and treat yourself the same way. Come on, Edmund, my pleasure as always. You look after yourself, and I'll talk the same time, same pace next time. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.